What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm Andrew, and I'm here with Marisha. Hello. Oh, Marisha doesn't need her headphones, does she? No, you don't need headphones. It's just us. You can wear them if you want to. They don't make me cuter. I mean, you can still wear them. Um, so, uh, what are we going to talk about? Uh, so Guardians, we, right? We are mostly going to talk Guardians. We've got a couple of things we might kind of talk about for a... A brief moment before we get fully into Guardians. Uh, also, just to give people a few minutes to see if anybody pops into the chat before we get going too deep on any other stuff. Um, so we were going to do this in the last week, and we ran out of time because Marisha ran off to New Orleans again. I did. Well, we were we were going to do it the week before, and David's computer died, and and Marisha was tired. Yep. So Ubaldo has popped in the chat. Hey man, thanks uh, thanks for uh, jumping in. Uh, glad to have you here. Um, hopefully some other people will come in. We're going to be talking Guardians of the Galaxy uh, and a few other things. I, I'm not too interested in going too deep in some of this stuff because we'll talk about it more when it gets here. Uh, but I did want to talk briefly while we wait to see who's going to pop in to the chat, if anybody. Um have you kept up with, you know, they, they showed Dial of Destiny at Can, the Cannes Film Festival. I did hear that. Uh, have you heard anything about how it went? I have not heard anything about how it went. How did it go? Um, well, I'm about to show you the Rotten Tomatoes score, which I don't put a lot of stock in, but uh, something of this magnitude, you really, like, hope to see something bigger. 47%. With 36 reviews in, which is not a ton, but usually... Uh, mm -hmm. those first 30 or 40 reviews are kind of indicative of the way they're going to go. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think? I mean, I know they were, they were very high on it after cans because there was a standing, you know, a standing ovation for Harrison Ford. But of like, course. It was a standing ovation for Harrison Ford. Of course. It's Harrison Ford. It's like, one, well, because he deserves it. Like, let's be honest. Like right. his career is, is uh, not gonna last forever. Yeah. Like you know, it, it's he can't keep doing this forever. There are a lot of people younger than him that have already had to give it up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah. um, I'm really excited to see Harrison Ford don the hat one more time. Yeah. But I mean, okay, so and I'll be and I'll say up front, like I'm a big fan. Like I like all four movies. Mm -hmm. I like the original three. I like Crystal Skull. And that's what I was going to say. Like, now, Crystal Skull is my least favorite of the four. That's, yeah. But I sure. still like it. it. It has its flaws, for sure. But it's Harrison Ford in an Indiana Jones movie. Like, honestly, I feel like the, the thing that is most likely to ruin this Indiana Jones movie is not enough Indiana Jones. I feel like kind of putting emphasis on secondary characters is likely to be the thing that, that kills it. And I feel like that was sort of the, I feel like that was sort of the issue with the crystal skull was they, they were really, huh, that light has personality. They were really trying to, um, I think they were trying to cash, you know, Shia LaBeouf is the new sort of protagonist for the Indiana Jones series. Yeah. Um, I think that that's. Really yeah, I think that's where they thought it was going to go. And people were kind of. Wow. So 
Um, something's going on with our lights. That's yeah. fun. Wonder if it was all the lights or just that one. Probably just that one. It's got. I'm gonna turn it off. It's got yeah, so I mean, I agree. I agree, Uvaldo. I'm not a big review reader. Like, there are maybe three or four people out there in the review world uh, that I trust. Yeah. But I don't always agree. Even or those people, I don't always agree with. Sometimes it's interesting. Usually, I don't usually care to read reviews till after I've seen the movie. Yeah, 100%. Sometimes I won't read any of those reviews because I don't want to go in no. with my um, opinion colored by those reviews. And honestly, most likely, my most likely reason to read reviews is if I if there were things that I didn't like about it. And so I'm wondering if other people kind of had the same yeah. thought. Yeah. Um, that's really. Yeah, I don't like to read reviews. Um, ahead of a show mm-hmm. no, um, no point. one because you're gonna get spoiled on the show but yeah and honestly some movies that have just had stellar reviews um i found to be very disappointing like um eternals reviewed are uh, the critics just loved it the audience was much less excited about it um so i feel like sometimes there are a lot of things that go into You know, there are a lot of things to get into. Oh, so Kingdom of the Crystal Skull actually has a 77% Rotten Tomato rating. Yeah. Now, of course, it's got 10 times as many reviews as... It can as, come as back. Like I have. said, usually that first, those those first... Also, it, it was at Comics. But everybody so, hasn't seen it yet. So so theoretically, maybe the snootiest of the, the critics have seen it. I mean, the ones we, that don't like action flicks. Well, Kansas yeah. is not the typical kind of place for a movie like an Indiana Jones film. No, I'm really surprised. It's usually more your kind of artsy movies that that get released there. Um, so I think that it may just not have been the wrong. Kind of wasn't, movie. wasn't the right crowd. It just wasn't the right crowd. Yeah, um, maybe. Hopefully. I hope so. I, I want it to be good. good. Like I, I desperately want this movie to be good. Yeah. Um, and I've heard good things from from people that are, are kind of insiders there. You know, they mm-hmm. they've said things that are that are promising. Right. So yeah, that's not the kind of movie we normally expect to see at, at Cannes. So uh, at Cannes. So so I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, I'm not going to let it affect me going to see it. Uh, it's Indiana Jones. I'm mm-hmm. super excited for that. Right. So we'll we'll see with that, um, but it is a little it is disconcerting to look and see it because this is not just it's not just oh it's not reviewing well like Lucasfilm really needs a home run in the theater. Yeah, that's true. Um, so you know out of this even you know it and by all accounts this is it this is the last Indiana Jones film. There's not any. And that's the know, other thing you know you you wait what. 20 years to make the first sequel and then 20 more years to make the next one. You really want kind of want to end on a good note. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. We're going to see John Reese Davies again. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We got a lot of, a lot of people coming back for this one. So that's going to be mm-hmm. nice to see a lot of those people back on screen. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just wanted to kind of mention it. It's not worth fretting over. Um, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Um, other news. Gosh, right before we dropped, I was online on Twitter and saw that Ray Stevenson passed away. No, the, uh, the Mississippi Squirrel. Guy? No, no, that's Ray Stevens. Oh, okay. There's Ray Stevenson, the actor. He's actually in the oh, yes. upcoming Ahsoka series. 
Okay, yeah, I, I did see that. He's um he was one of the Warriors three, right? Thor. Yeah, I think he was actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and he signed a lot. I mean, he's a he's a big time A lister. I mean, he's got a lot of stuff mm -hmm. to his credit. But I mean, he's playing you know, a big role in the Ahsoka series and. Um, yeah, that's, really that's sad. sad. I mean, he's only 58. Yeah. Um, and say what happened. So that, that's tragic. So mm -hmm. um, that'll, I'm sure we'll learn more about that over the next few days. But yeah. Um, let's see. There were other things, other things that I wanted to talk about. Um, what were they? It's Andrew's birthday today. It's it is my birthday. Yes. He's, he's 27 again. Mm -hmm. Um, so, oh, uh, so let's talk a little bit about Disney plus and the removal. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, we knew Bob Iger was going to make changes when he came back. Yeah. You know, this was granted he's coming in and basically canceling stuff he created when he was there before. Right. Um, but you know, we'll talk on, on, on course on radio underground when we do that about, um, the galactic star cruiser being shut down. Right. Um, and I kind of wondered like, cause I don't know anything. I've not, I haven't been, and I never got a chance to go. I couldn't afford it anyway, no. uh, which is why it's shutting down because middle-class families can't afford it. Like, yeah. you, you know, when you're this kind of, this is the kind of stuff that has to be affordable by the middle class. Right. Um, so I was talking the other night, I, I was hanging out in the chat during Scarif, uh, Scarif, the Scarif podcast. And Rob is a big time Disney parks person. Mm -hmm. Rob was on there and, uh, Rob, I, I basically said, so what will this, but what can it, can it just become like a star Wars themed resort? Mm -hmm. You know, we've got all these themed resorts. Can it just be that? Mm -hmm. Which is probably what they should have done to begin with. Yeah. And the answer was no. Uh, it's basically a concrete bunker. There's no outside room. It, there's no room outside to expand amenities. Um, it's just, it's done. It's shut down. They'll probably tear it down or use it for storage or. Wow. Yeah. What a shame that they didn't come up the thing is disney world is so expensive already well it's getting more expensive every year and it gets more expensive every year and so thank you charles and thanks for dropping in um it's just and the fact that it was like three times as much as a regular resort oh it was more than that it was two nights so so if me and you had gone to the star cruiser okay you're talking $4,800 for two nights. Um, if we could go to Europe for a week for, for that, like, um, I just, it's a luxury item. It's not an item meant for, uh, meant for middle-class people. And, and like I said, you know, with stuff like, you know, you know, parks and things, these are like the middle class are your, Generally, it's always been Disney's target demographic. Right. Is that they're banding, abandoning mm -hmm. their core demographic, and, honestly, and you have to be somewhat privileged to go more than once in your life. Right. And honestly, a lot of people, I think, 
if they're going to drop that kind of money, want to get a little more out of it than a weekend. We go the we could go to Disney for a week. Mm-hmm. Like with us with three kids, the and this was actually a bigger challenge because the biggest room the biggest rooms allowed four people. Right. So they had already cut out families with more families than two kids. Of, with more than two kids. They had already made it difficult. Because best I could tell for us to go, we would have had to have gotten two rooms, which would have just escalated the price that much more. Yeah. But like for a family, like you're talking $6,000 and up mm-hmm. for two nights. Right. Yeah. That's, that just wasn't doable. Um, yeah. But we'll get, we'll, we'll talk a little more. I, I don't honestly have a whole lot to say about it. I've talked about it on Twitter. A good Except bit. for that's too much money. <laughs> And obviously we weren't the only people, you know, when, when the prices first released, the consensus was, I can never afford that. Yeah. Um, and honestly, even, you know, people that I know that could theoretically afford that would rather take their family to Europe or go spend a week at Universal or oh, like 100%. Disney World. Well, I mean, like St. Augustine, Florida is like my favorite place in the world. Mm-hmm. I can go stay in St. Augustine for probably two weeks. Yeah. On six grand. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, it's not worth it. But um, we kind of, I mean, it was struggling. It had been struggling since the start. It's going to be interesting to people, see. A lot of people who went didn't really feel like they got their $6,000 worth. Yeah. There was the thing that it irked me to know, and there was an article from a journalist from one of the big New York. Mm-hmm. magazines it was posting about how it was worth every penny and he's been three times and it's like you're totally out of touch you're right. completely out of touch with most of them i feel like if you've been three times then you were sponsored to go but that's <laughs> the thing he, yeah i mean he may not even paid for all that but yeah um, and maybe he did but i need that kind of journalism job yeah like geez no, I mean, like, I mean, I can see, like, if it was just me and you yeah. on my income, we could afford it. Right. Like, but once, but, but well, well, we could do it every year if it was just me and you. Yeah, that's true. But feeding three kids. Kids are expensive. Well, groceries are expensive. Right, man. 8% my foot. Yeah. 8% inflation. No, I mean, my grocery bill is more than doubled. So. Mm-hmm. Take that for what you will. But I wanted to talk about all these things on Disney Plus that are getting yanked off the service. Yeah. Um, mostly underperforming stuff. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I understand how it's beneficial to remove it. See, that's my issue is. You own it. It's already paid for. It's on your service. Right. Mm-hmm. How, like, does it, how, did, how much does it really cost for it to be mm-hmm. available? I mean, obviously, obviously it costs money. Servers or something. To to store, but I mean, it's like you're talking about one of the biggest, you know, the entertainment companies on the planet. They can afford to keep them on there, but they're mostly removing things that I kind of think they're a little bit ashamed of, or someone is, Um, probably Bob Iger, but the, like most of it was underperforming. That's interesting too. Mm. It's all about the residuals to the artists. Hmm. So things like, okay, well that framing it that way is kind of interesting. So like the, well, how do residuals work on a streaming service anyway? 
I don't know, but maybe like that, the show that's, that's hosted by Kristen Bell, like the, you know, Encore, which was the, like, um, the one where they go through and, um, do performances, you know, like restage musicals that they've done mm-hmm. in high school, uh, the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Which maybe, was one of the ones that got pulled. Yeah. I know both of those are, um, um, I know that that's part of what, what's kind of going on. Uh, or I would imagine that maybe they, uh, they, it was going to call that they were going to have to pay these actors, you know, maybe some kind of royalties or something. Um, yeah. yeah, so we, we have talked at length about that. Um, you know, Marisha is part of a union in this industry as well, and they had a start. They they went on strike last year. They didn't actually strike. Oh, they ended they, it like they, on the eve of. They, they finally yeah. signed a contract like the night before the strike was due to start. But um, the Screen Actors Guild, actually, their contract runs out at the same time as um, the, writers, the Writers Guild contract runs out the end of June. So, um, just heads up y'all SAG may be getting ready to strike as well. And a lot of that issue is going to be related to AIs as well. Yeah, no, they're a big part of that is on AI there. They're, and I'm all for keeping it out of the industry. I think AI should be a tool in the writer's toolbox. There's no reason Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not there. It's not a, it can't give you things you don't feed it. Like it's the first time, first Come, the first person to go out there and try to make a movie written totally by AI is going to get sued yeah. from into oblivion yeah. for copyright issues. Um, hey, uh, Nicole, thanks for thanks for dropping in. Um, but yeah, the the writers strike. There's all kinds of crazy stuff like writers talking about being given three days to write. Yes. Uh, a an eight episode, ten episode series. Which is cr- all of a sudden, a lot of the complaints that we're getting about storylines on major shows, Star Wars shows. Um, one of the ones specifically, animation seems to be a particularly yeah uh, big offender. Um, and I was reading kind of a thread by someone who was a writer on Rebels, and they were talking about just kind of getting thrown in there. Thank you, Nicole. Um, you know, to to want, wanting treatments for a whole season of a show and, and a weekend. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you get hired on to write. Maybe you don't. Yeah. Um. So there's definitely, and you know that is interesting. That it would be, it would be really interesting to see exactly what how the writers strike and the things getting pulled off of Disney Plus right now now might be connected, because um, mm-hmm. the timing is is awfully convenient. Um. Yeah, I don't understand it. I mean, like, you know, like I said, I looked through the list of things that were coming down. I had it pulled up. Apparently, I replaced it with uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny stuff. So I'm not going to go looking for it again. It's a lengthy list. Um, Willow was probably the most notable, um, at least as far as what we're concerned about. I'm sure there were shows on there that were bigger mm-hmm. than that. Uh the the Jeff Goldblum show that was on the there. The Crystal Bell show is coming down. Um, what else? There was another. Oh, the the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which season one was actually fun was on great. that one. Yeah. Well, but you know the second season, I don't know what they did. I didn't watch it. It might be it might be great, but yeah. Emilio Estevez wanted no part. Yeah. Of whatever the second season was and bailed on them. So I, I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah, but but why would you pull the whole thing down again? It's 
Yeah, no, they've got a reason. I just don't know what it is. Now, look, it may be that it may be totally related to the strike. Um, I still, like I said, I'm not going to pretend like I understand why those things are coming down. Like it, it very well could be residuals, okay. but I don't understand how residuals work on a streaming service anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's not usually where residuals come from is from being aired on TV, you know, on, on the service that it was created for. Yeah. And like you said, I imagine that probably, you know, a lot of the issues that are involved in the strike is, um, is, is likely to, you know, th there's, there's a lot going on there, I think, probably below the surface. And honestly, probably a lot of it is pretty complicated. Um, yeah. Like, it took me a minute to kind of figure out all the things going into, the like, the writer's strike. You know, because, like, always, you know, everyone always assumes that it's just we want more money. Um, yeah. Well, I see, you know, Joker Voice has a good point about um, the, it's coming up due for Disney to finish buying out um hulu and and with the money yeah. loss with uh losing uh cricket games in india and whatever else they all lost yeah. that knocked a big hole in them um they shouldn't have been in that business with disney plus anyway yeah but they were so they lost money on it um but i still don't understand like i'm still confused about how pulling content off of Disney plus that you already own saves money. Yeah. Um, however, they, let's see, what was Nicole saying? Um, a friend of mine that works the network had made a post about AI and how that could affect things. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of conversations around AI. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about AI right now. And it, it's, it's a big part of the writer strike. It's a big part of the screen actors guild strike. They're going to do everything they can to keep it uh, out of the industry as much as possible. I mean, obviously it's, it's here. It's, it's going to put a lot, it's going to put a lot of people out of business. It's um, I'm transitioning to a new business because it's gonna, it's going to destroy mine. Mm -hmm. um, the last 15 years, uh, they've been data, data mining my work for 15 and every other appraiser in the country for the last 15 years. And they've got it all plugged into a system and they're going to now plug it into an AI and that's it. It's game over for me. My, I put myself, I worked myself out of a job. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's coming. Yeah. It's, it's coming for a lot of different people, I think. Yeah. And yeah, and I joker, I, I know that they're, um, deep in the hole over there. Let's see, Nick. Residuals on streaming are typically based on time, not on views. They may not want to pay because it's getting... That's, uh, that's possible. Yeah, very much possible. They're not paying for themselves, basically. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, and that, and that makes sense because most of what they pulled down was the kind of stuff you watch once and you peace out. Uh, thank you, DB, uh, for the happy birthday. Um, so, yeah, so I I get it from there. Like you know, if if they're not getting paid enough, you ain't get down. Now that brings me to another part of the conversation I wanted to have though. Like, why on earth are they leaving physical media off the table as an as a revenue stream? Now, some of what they're creating isn't good enough to make money with physical media. In fact, a lot of it hasn't been. I'll I'll be honest about that. But uh, I would buy indoor. Now, granted, we wouldn't. It's too early to release Andor, 
But uh, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. But season season two of the Mandalorian has been three years since season two. Mm-hmm. Release those on physical media. Nobody's buying your streaming service just because of those shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, every other streaming service is doing it. I, I don't get the uh, leaving that income on the table. Um, let's see. So, uh, yeah, so we got to get into our other topic or we're going to not make it to dinner tonight. So, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. I hope the, um, I hope the strikes don't last long, but like. Me too. Y'all like there's still some stuff going on. doesn't do me any good because there's not enough work to go around, but if the actor strike, that's, we were talking about this. I was at a, a, a class, um a CPR class that the union was sponsoring this weekend. And we were talking about, you know, the strike and all that. And um, one of the things we're talking about is just as viewers, you know, we want, we want things to come back. You know, we don't want to just, you know, the last, we we, we don't want to just sit here and watch reruns of, you know, big brother uh, for the foreseeable future, you know, and there's only so much, stuff imported from, you know, a lot of they'll just start importing things from overseas. Um, we'll start, start seeing a lot more BBC or, you know, Korean uh, things show up on streaming services. Yes. But, you know, it's it just as is, is people who watch movies and TV shows and all of these things, the, how long this is going to slow things down. Like this is probably going to slow things down for at least the next year. And that's if the actors don't strike. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really concerned about how after just finally getting things mostly back after COVID, you know, how long that this is likely to drag out getting new, new content on our, to watch, you know? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, and we're, we're also, for us, it's also a concern of when will things crank back up here so you can go back to work. Yes, yes, obviously. I mean, that's that's kind of that's my primary concern as somebody who who works in movies, but also just as someone who watches movies. Yeah, I don't want to see this just fritter for the next year. You know. Yeah, and sadly, it looks like that's what's going to happen. Yeah, because you know, it's such a it's such, and I'm really, I think that probably a lot of projects that they started on before the strike are probably just going to die. Um, because oh, there's sure. so much that goes into it. Uh, I think a lot of people are just going to watch their dreams go up in smoke. Well, you're also um, going to see, I mean, that was the, you know, you were kind of talking to somebody about maybe working on one that's going ahead and filming mm-hmm. here in, in the state. Um, so so there is one filming here in the state that I think is a Christopher Lloyd project. Mm-hmm. And, but the problem is, is it could just, in right yeah. in the middle of filming yeah um, um that, that's a very that's a very real possibility um so the thing is though it's not it's not going to make things better it's not going to they're not going to be prioritizing what makes return on investment because they're not going to be able to make anything because there will be no writers well, I mean, I think what he's saying is that, like, when they come back, when this is over, they have okay. to prioritize. Yeah. Now, I I would love to agree with that, except the, and, and in, in principle, I agree with that. Like, economically, that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. Only 
Disney and a couple of other studios have kind of shown a propensity to just put their head in the sand and push forward with whatever they're doing. I mean, I would have thought COVID would have been the thing that made them go, okay, we have to just focus on things that are going to make money. And it didn't work out that way at all. So um, a lot of these studios have not recovered from COVID and um, which is why you would think they would be more willing to sit down with the writers guild, but so far they're not even really willing to talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And so with, as far as striking for the Tonys, (laughs) it's like any other award show. Uh, that's televised those all those those Boys skits and things uh, nicole was talking she said that she didn't think that they were gonna strike the tony awards show but all of those um you know jokes and things that they write those are all written by um those are all written by actors by writers who are on strike right now yeah so um if it weren't televised that would be a different animal but because it is it's probably going to change the dynamics of the Tonys, unfortunately, this year as well. So, hmm, hopefully, you know, it'd really be nice if they could just come to an agreement and we could all just move on. (laughs) That's what we just, well, I mean, like, you know, I've seen the numbers that they put out and Mm -hmm. um, they're going to, I mean, that's the thing, Nicole, like these, these uh, people don't think about this, but these unions, the unions for movie and TV are often the same as the ones in, you know, work, you know, for the theatrical productions, yeah, all the same um, unions. IOTC is technically the international theater mm-hmm. uh, alliance of theatrical and stage workers. Yeah. Um, so it originally started out as a stage workers union and kind of has carried over into TV as well. I'm I'm curious to see some oh. some things from Pat GTP, uh, GPT. Yeah, that that could be um interesting. It could. Well, you weren't here for that the other night. I'm but... just envisioning. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's uh so so we've got to go go. I've got to go to come to my birthday dinner here in a bit. So uh, where are we going for birthday dinner, by the way? Rue. Okay. That's I fair. mean, it's, it's it's the good restaurant in town. We got lots of good restaurants in town. Okay, it's the good restaurant in town that won't bankrupt us to all go to. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, for our big topic, we did want to talk Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. You'll have to forgive us. We tried twice twice to have this conversation. So it's been all it's been almost two weeks since we saw the movie. Now we're going to talk about it. We wish um, to recap. Typically, I like to see a movie twice before I talk about it, and I will keep complaining about this until I die or until they give me a theater, but right. our theater shut down because of COVID and we still don't have one back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, no, you're not wrong. It, nope, it's, it's, you're uh, 100% right. This is uh, new media yep. uh, really exploded during the previous writer's strike and it's going to again if this drags out for a year. I mean, honestly, hey, we should we should actually we me and Robbie should finish writing yes, our your project. Uh, our so uh, just a little background on that. My brother and a friend and I have been working on a um I don't even know what to call it, but it's a YouTube uh, show based on it's sort of a mashup of Parks and Rec and the Sasquatch hunting show. Mm-hmm but with Ewoks. Yes. 
And uh, so maybe we'll have to actually film that. You shouldn't say that on the internet, love. Someone might steal your brilliant idea. Don't do it, Nicole. Don't do it. Chat. Oh, Charles. Charles, don't steal it. You and Pat. <laughs> Uh, but you can bring back Pat over to play an email. I was going to say, you could just come and join in the fun. Yeah, everyone's officially invited to come come be on our Ewok show. Cam has already requested to voice the Ewok. Yes, please. He's not that far away. No, he's not. He's in driving distance. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so but, maybe maybe we'll have to get us a, a like, a Red 5, like YouTube, you know, get some kind of capitalize on this lack of information going uh, this lack of not information most lack of content on all the streaming services and get some stuff out on on the red five youtube channel that seems like the thing to do yeah don't you think yeah i think so um let's see i wanted to look at one thing real quick before we get going here but i don't actually see what i was looking for domestic is that the top yeah, I wanted domestic. I own total. Uh, oh, yeah, the bottom, the gray bottom. That wasn't a total. That was China. Oh, <laughs> it's a big number. Um, oh, here it is. All right, worldwide. It's, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's closing in on 700 million. So I don't know what the. All right. So, yeah, sorry. We just totally checked out for a second there. Um, so we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I saw that uh, Joker was talking about it not turning a profit. It's going to be close. It's going to be very close. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember. I, I don't, I don't want to go look it up while we're on the air. I didn't look to see what the budget of it was, but the um, it's closed in on 700 million globally. So it'll probably make a little money, but probably not as much as they hope. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Matt. Uh, and thanks for, uh, thanks for dropping in. Let's see. Pat should be an Ewok. Yes, yeah. Pat. Pat can definitely show up and be an Ewok. Um, it's going to be interesting uh, to see where they go. I agree. This is the best post-end game film. It's actually better than some Phase Three movies. Yeah. It's yeah. It it really is a shame that it didn't make it. Well, I guess I need to say that on in the chat. I'll just say it here. It yeah. really is a shame that they didn't. It didn't make as much money as projected. Um, I hey, it's 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 doing. I mean, it was so its opening night was low, but I mean, like seven hundred million dollars is nothing to scoff at. Like that's we're still we're still in a world where not that many movies have crossed the billion dollar mark. Mm -hmm. Now, Chris Pratt's other movie that we saw the same day we saw Guardians, uh, I believe, did pass a billion. That movie's have been out two weeks longer than Guardians, too, though. No, I'm not talking about. I mean, just talking about total. It passed a billion dollars. I mean, okay, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just. Well, hopefully, hopefully, Guardians will by the time it's all done. Um, but I know Little Mermaid came out this week, and if they will leave it in theaters long enough, dear, over the yeah. summer, mm -hmm. then it will probably. It, it might. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it needs eight hundred million to break even. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're going to be close. Um, I don't. Yeah, yeah it started off terribly, really but point. I think people have. It's one of those. I think people let. I think people let the suckers go see it first. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, that was fair after phase four, I, even though I like some of the phase four movies. Um, they're not as good as previous Marvel fare. Um, and 
there. Um, so yeah, it's it's completely fair that we didn't all um, run out and see it first. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, unfortunately, it's probably it's going to be hard for it to make another hundred million dollars at this point. Yeah, uh, especially since they're still taking things out of theater too quickly. This is a good summer action mm -hmm. flick. If they would just leave it for a little while, it might would make it. But yeah, the turn time to streaming is so fast now, mm -hmm. and the physical media is so fast that yeah, yeah, they probably won't leave it. Um, it will. It because they got to jerk it over to Disney Plus in you know yeah no, two months. Well, that's that's still all part of the COVID effect. It screwed everything up. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what do you think about the movie? Hey, DB said now. Oh, uh, did he say he was leaving? Yeah, he said good night, everyone. Oh, have fun, DB. Good night. Um, I missed that. No, it's hard to watch all the things. That's what I'm for, just to cover the things that you miss in life. Um, I would be actually be really interested in, in chatting with you at some point, Nick, about why you did what you didn't like about the first two Guardians movies. Um, mm. I actually the first one is one of my favorites. It's the most pure sci-fi films in the MCU. We have a lot of we have a lot of movies with sci-fi elements, but not really just purely sci-fi flicks. There are there are some. Um, but yeah it was it's it's definitely guardians is definitely its own thing um in the mcu you know it, it's kind of got a, a unique flavor i think kind of in the same way that ant-man is kind of a, a unique thing yeah i mean the um, first the first like ant i love the first ant-man movie but uh yeah you got it's a particular kind of humor it's mm -hmm. it's kind of like you know when when uh david and i went to see hot fuzz in the theater when nobody people when when People in this country had still really not seen Shaun of the Dead. Uh -huh. uh, it wasn't that well known. And so nobody knew what this hot fuzz movie, you know, what to make of this hot fuzz movie. And David right. and I went to see it. And we were like, me and David were sitting in the theater, like dying laughing. And everybody was just <laughs> looking at us like we had lost our minds. Um, it takes us, you know, it's a certain kind of humor. And it's not going to yeah. appeal to everybody. And, and everything doesn't have to appeal to everybody. Uh -huh. That's... Um, we get caught up in that sometimes. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Everything isn't for everybody, which is which see, is Matt. I actually like really disagree with that. I think that Gar I hated Guardians two when it first came out. Yeah. Um, now after rewatching it, it has grown on me. But Guardians two stepped all over every serious moment with a bad joke. The joke. It wasn't just that it was a joke. They weren't just stepping on the serious moments with jokes. They were stepping on the serious mm -hmm. moments with jokes that didn't land. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so actually, I did enjoy it more watching it. Uh, you know, we watched it again right before Volume Three came out, and yeah. I definitely, it definitely. Um, I, I feel like James Gunn does good with the, you know, his movies kind of tend to have heart. At least his 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 Guardians movies do. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that's one thing he's good at. And uh, actually, you know, we were kind of discussing this recently, JB. Um, and actually, I was having this discussion with one of my kids um, about the, 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 you know, we're now it's like, okay, in order to watch a, a Marvel movie, you have to have seen, you know, all the 27 movies that preceded it. 
you know, and I, I hear people talking about superhero fatigue and honestly, I wonder if it's not really as much that is, it is people are getting a little bit tired. Well, of people don't want to go see a movie that they haven't the, seen the prerequisites for. And also if they sometimes, if you know, like this, this has been going on for 11 years, you may have forgotten something that happened in one of those movies all those years ago. And so if you're watching movies that are heavily dependent on everything that came before it, I think that they they may need to start making things stand alone a little bit better where you don't have to have everything um, so tied together where you can't, you can't watch, you know, you can't watch the new thing without having seen everything for the past 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, so I think there's some of that, and then there's there's some of this. Like, it, it's people, I, and I say this over and over and over again. Like, it's people say, "Oh, super fa superhero fatigue is finally settling in." It's like people don't get tired of good stories, right? They just if you've run out of ways to tell those stories in new and creative ways, then that's when people start to get tired of them. Yeah. Well, you know, they they've taking chance on uh oh thanks charles uh thanks for uh thanks for hanging out and i will i will have something very good to eat It'll be probably something that's not very good for me but i'm gonna eat it anyway i'll have steak for andrew's birthday dinner happy birthday to him <laughs> um so let's let's see um but yeah i agree joker uh the um that's the best villain we've seen in a while but yeah, I think that people just don't, I mean, phase four has some good movies, but really more good moments. Not a mm -hmm. lot of, not a lot of great movies. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's kind of got its, um, like you said, it's, it's got, it's got its moments, but is definitely had a lot of misses this year. and and prior well, and to also phase just four, the, the overall tone you had a whole phase mm -hmm. um you had a whole phase of this mm -hmm. franchise that's all very like melancholy mm -hmm. um it's all about dealing with the death and the loss of phase three and it's like doing that for a whole phase might have been a bit much mm -hmm. like maybe we just like wallowed in that for too long Mm -hmm. So I, I like um, I like Nick's descriptor here. Yeah. Universe fatigue. Yeah. And, and I, it's not just because we were kind of talking to the kids and I were talking about that. It's not just Marvel. A lot of other things have decided, oh, that because everybody wants the cinematic universe. But, um, we, oh, it was Star Wars we were talking about. Okay, so in order to watch The Mandalorian, you have to watch... Mandal this and this and this and this. You have to watch all the, not just all the movies, but yeah. the TV shows and the, you know, it's, it's a lot. And I think that people, casual fans get tired of that. You know, some of us are going to watch all the Marvel movies and all of the Star Wars movies at this point. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people just like the Mandalorian. And so whenever they showed up and baby Yoda's back, well then like, what the hell? We just spent the whole last season, but you know, finding baby Yoda, his people. Um, right. So I think that in the effort to emulate the success of the MCU, 
Um, I think that a lot of people um, are, are kind of these interconnected universes. They're they're only sustainable for so long before well, it becomes I mean, too much content. To well, I, th I think that like I think that it's just like I, I'm all for a connected universe, and I'm all for I mean, you know, Disney or not Disney, rather uh, Lucasfilm, the the expanded universe books. I mean, they they ran a uh, a connected universe of books for a very long time. Mm -hmm. It's doable, like, but I think maybe maybe it's too connected. Yeah. Like there are connections between the guardians and the other stuff. Yeah. But they're kind of loose connections and they really don't affect each right. other. And, and that I think is the trick. You know, and like so when as we really now as we we move away, and of course we're we're fixing to start moving back towards a big team up. But like we have an opportunity with we're going to slowly start introducing the X-Men. We got Fantastic Four. We've got we're, we're doing stuff uh, in the cosmic universe. We're doing stuff on Earth. Mm -hmm. um, maybe kind of let those things all sort of evolve into their own things that where we can build this connected universe where there, there's loose threads, but these people do their own thing. We don't have to tie them to the, the big story. I mean, that's one of the things we can talk about real quick with this. Uh, I think one of the big challenges of this movie, um, now James Gunn has said that he was consulting on basically everything Marvel after mm -hmm. the first Guardians movie. Yeah. But like, and so he consulted on Endgame. He knew they were going to kill Gamora off. Mm-hmm. Um, but he could have handled it really, really poorly in this movie. Yeah. And he didn't, he really handled it way better than I expected them to. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the theory that, uh, I, I don't even remember who said it, but I love the theory that in the holiday special, having Nebula steal Bucky's arm was just him giving, uh, some mm -hmm. other writer, something to have to deal with, yeah. which is fun because that's like comic book writers have done that to each other for years. Yeah. Um, let's see. It got sent to its release date in November to die. Yeah. Right. Yes, Nick, that's a very good point. Mm -hmm. Like you can make these things and they can be related to each other and exist in the same universe, but they don't have mm -hmm. to be tied together. I've been, I mean, you know, I, I've been saying that about a number of franchises out there for a while. It's like, well, how do you do this franchise without so-and-so? It's like, branch out, tell a different story. Mm -hmm. You can exist in the same universe. It's like right now they're talking about doing an X-Files reboot. I can't believe they're going to do an X-Files reboot. Uh, and when you lead with, we're, uh, with Ron Coogler doing a diverse X-Files reboot, it's like, don't lead with that. Like, <laughs> why would you lead with that? It's like you immediately turned me off from having any interest in that. And I'm a huge X-Files fan. I'll tell you that the X-Files is one of the greatest sci-fi series ever made, maybe yeah. top five. It's often not a good sign whenever that's the only thing they want to talk about, whenever they decide to, to reboot something. Now, I mean, sometimes it's something that I've turned out to really enjoy. I really enjoyed Rings of Power, but... Um, they should have started the, the dialogue. Well, but they did that with Eternals, too. Like, we did that. Um, thank you. Yes. Thank you for the. And Eternals, I did not enjoy. Yeah, no, Eternals is. is... All they wanted to talk about. Um, all they wanted to talk about was the sex scene, 
and the diversity for Eternals. That's all they yes. wanted to talk about. And because there was nothing else and to talk about. And how it was the best thing the Marvel, the MCU had ever put out. Yeah. This was their award bait or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and it was, you know, I get it. Like, like they thought they had this big thing. They they really pushed it. But honestly, um, why would you, well, I mean, the Hunger Games thing is going to be the biggest bomb of the season. Like that, That's going to be an absolute garbage movie. Yeah. Um, Dune, on the other hand, is a huge problem for the Marvels. Uh, Dune is going to be a huge problem for anything that releases around it, frankly. Um, they're just build, they're picking up steam there. Um, I have zero expectations for that Hunger Games movie. I Hunger mean, Games, the Hunger Games good. franchise made one good movie. I, I enjoyed the Hunger Games movies, but that book was not well liked. Like that's, most... that's what I'm saying. There's no fan base for this story. Yeah. The, the 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 Hunger Games fan base rejected this story right. when and it came the, out in book form. The Hunger Games, like I know people who are diehard Hunger Games fans who like literally bought the book on Audible and like returned it because it was just like, mm-hmm. I'm not ever listening to this again. Um, people with, you know, hundreds of titles in their Audible library who re-listen to things, you know, numerous times, but not that. It was like, oh, that was a crap book. Yeah. Um, so I don't understand why they're making a movie. I don't know. Maybe the movie will be way better than the book. Yeah, I mean, you know, if the budget's low enough, it'll probably make money. Maybe. It's in a bad time of year. Yep. The Eternals literally saved lives. Like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, the Eternals was advertising on this is what we're gonna say the all about. We're gonna we're gonna tell you how great the Eternals is because it's this and it's that. And it turns out that was literally all it was. There was nothing else to talk about. Yeah. Um, it was it was a whole lot of big hopes that were just um I, I wanted it to be good and mm-hmm. it, it just was flat. Um yeah. I, I think there are some promising characters hidden in there. Mm-hmm. But the the story it's boring. Yeah. It's the most boring movie in the MCU. Yeah. Like, there are worse movies overall, but it's the worst. I mean, a stellar cast. Mm -hmm. A phenomenal cast. But, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, especially Joker Boy, since the Ant-Man was a... Ant-Man's kind of been a one of those niche characters in the MCU, but I think generally speaking, more well-liked than uh, the first Captain Marvel movie. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think there's anything in the MCU that's quite gotten the, um, been met with the vitriol of, of the first Captain Marvel movie. Yeah, no, it was. Um, well, your hero acts like a villain the whole movie. Yeah, she wasn't very. I mean, she, she doesn't do villainous things, but like the way that they, the way she approaches things is the way a villain approaches things, not the way a hero approaches things. Right. And um, that kind of made a mess out of that. Yeah. Um, it's um. <laughs> it's gonna be but fun. let's let's talk real quick because we only got about ten minutes before we got to get out of here. So. All right, Guardians. Um, and we will obviously at this point have to have a second Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe we'll just wait till it comes out on on. Yeah. Uh, something where we can watch it again and talk about it in more detail. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's talk 
about the movie itself. Let's talk themes. Well, themes, I mean, like the villain, we've got a terrific villain. Yeah. He was... um, we have a villain. I've seen some people saying, oh, this movie's anti-God. And, and coming from James Gunn, that wouldn't like, when I heard people saying that before I saw it, I was like, well, it's James Gunn. That's possible. Yeah. But I didn't really believe it. Mm-hmm. Now, the villain is anti-God. And this is something people seem to really, oh, uh, thank you, Joker Voice. And thank you very much for uh, hanging out with us for a bit. Um, this happened with this happened with uh, the sequel trilogy, right? And a couple other things where we've had the villain say something, you know, kill the past. You know, what what is it? Um, uh, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. And and so it's like that's the villain's mantra. That's that's not the theme of the movie unless the villain wins. Unless the villain is our main character and wins, then that's not our theme. Mm-hmm. It's the theme our heroes are pushing against. Um, and so this idea of, you know, and this isn't even the theme. It's maybe the theme for this character. There is no God uh, coming from the villain in this movie. And that there is no God, so I'm going to do it myself. Right. Um, that's a typical God complex uh, issue. So, um as far as being now, of course, filmmakers, atheists or agnostic or, or completely, you know, a religious uh, people tend to, you know, try to make movies. It's like the, I always go back to the guy that made the Narnia movie. Andrew Adamson. Very yeah. anti-Christian mm-hmm. uh, atheist making a Narnia movie, right? Like yeah. one of the most Christian uh, fantasy books ever written, maybe the, like, I mean, you, you got that and you've got a, uh, um, what's the John Bunyan book? Oh, Pilgrim's Progress. Pilgrim's Progress. I mean, Pilgrim's Progress is a straight-up allegory, though. It is. But it's still, it's sort of genre-adjacent. Adjacent, I like that, yeah. Um. So, he says, well, I'm going to make this movie, and I'm going to basically strip the theme, the Christian themes out of it. It ends up being one of the most Christian movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Like, because he didn't even understand the themes. Right. Um, and he, he did them remarkably well. Mm-hmm. You know, if you told me a Christian studio made that movie, I'd believe you. Yeah. And and so um, you, you get... One of the things we love about things like superhero movies and Star Wars is, is people who view the world through a faith-based lens is that it reflects character traits and, and, and other things that, that are important to us. And uh-huh. um, one of those being, you know, the willingness to lay your life down for other people. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things in this, like, nobody dies. Nobody ends up dying in the end. Um, spoilers, sorry. Um, <laughs> but what we do get is we get every one of our characters that makes a is willing to make the sacrifice play. Yeah, uh, and there were there were moments where I'm like because there was no it was there were times was like, oh right I, I mean, was like oh, oh there's no, at least her. oh no it's it. oh wait a minute it's yeah. like there, there were at least moments. four times where I went oh god that's the character that's gonna die mm-hmm. um they didn't but they were it was all in which, moments of making the sacrifice for their friends mm-hmm. which honestly was the like 
subversive anti-subversion you know that nobody actually died you know because they are yeah that's all well no i mean we've been talking about someone dying in this movie for a long time yeah um in fact i mean they almost flat they 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 acted like they they let us believe that yeah and then used it to jerk us around during the movie Mm -hmm. um i think the the themes for these characters these 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 characters are are broken misfits uh opening with the song creep was absolute moment of brilliance mm-hmm. um that song fits these characters to a t they are misfits that mm-hmm. don't belong they don't understand why they're where they are they don't deserve it yeah right that that's how they see the world that they're in that mm-hmm. they've got these things and and they just they don't deserve what they've got i mean quill's not quite at that point and he quill is still mourning gamora mm-hmm. pretty heavily uh at the beginning of this um but we came full circle with so many of these characters Mm -hmm. of them not only saying okay maybe i do belong here Mm -hmm. but like you know full you know just fully embracing that yes that that they do deserve more and honestly i feel like it's an important um step when you have trauma in your past is to be able to acknowledge that it's part of what made you who you are but it is not who you are yeah and i feel like that's kind of something that people have been sort of coming to and some of them i feel like never really acknowledged that they're you know like i'm not a raccoon yeah um, and, and look and, and, and some of them just felt like they they were completely broken and so the, yeah. they, they've been coming at it from different perspectives but they finally i think have reached a point where they're willing to let their past be what it was um mm-hmm. and, and acknowledge what it was and not let it define everything and then right. going forward no and I, and I think and, and i think that's one why this movie may not appeal to everybody mm-hmm. because they don't know that everybody will relate to that sort of trauma i mean i mean everybody's got some trauma in their background but like things and you know like i've got like i relate very strongly to these characters after this movie i have you know obviously different trauma but like real severe family trauma yeah um and like you know spending a lot of time and then you know you go through that and you you have these moments where you go where where good things start to happen you go why or when's somebody going to take it away like yeah it's good right now but somebody's going to snatch it away any minute absolutely um that's that's a trauma that i've dealt with you know dealt with for a long time in my life Mm -hmm. Um, that's something we've talked about a lot just you know, just kind of dealing with their own stuff is like feeling yeah. like even when it's great it's like all right when's the other shoe gonna drop right and that's where they are when we find them on nowhere yeah they're waiting for the other shoe to drop because it's gonna mm-hmm. yeah no that that's that's just it i mean they're they're waiting for it to you know they've got this thing good things have happened they don't really deserve it and something's going to ruin it any minute mm-hmm. um and then when the thing comes along they don't let it ruin it right um rocket story is you know it, it becomes you you get this moment you you finally you know rocket is the main character like um him and quill like their stories are very parallel in different ways um but all of them have 
trauma, like mm-hmm. um, Nebula, a character that I never really thought would become mm-hmm. a central character to this story, mm-hmm. is is they're dealing with her trauma as well. And I mean, like real, real physical trauma and emotional trauma. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I love this movie. Like this. Yeah. I don't just think, I think this is better than Guardians 2. Um, I would say I would still give the edge to Guardians 1. Guardians 1 is just so good. Like, mm-hmm. um, Guardians 1, like, cleared a hurdle that nobody thought it could clear. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody, nobody outside of Marvel Studios expected that movie to succeed. Yeah. And it was back in the golden days whenever. All they did was win, win, win. Yeah. But yeah, because when they were putting this out, it was like, man, they're taking a big chance. Mm -hmm. Like, this could be it. This could be the one that just totally, completely tanks. And we've had movies that have tanked. And like I said, there are phase four movies that I like to varying degrees. Um, A lot of them I like. There are moments in most of those movies that I can look at and go, I really, really like that. Mm -hmm. Um but they mostly fall towards the lower. If I when I rank the movies, they mostly fall towards the lower middle part of the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly think, and Uvaldo is saying, reading my mind here, yeah, um, it's a really really great trilogy. Um, it, it's it's one of the great. It's going to wind up being one of the great sci-fi trilogies when the Mar when the MCU is long gone and and not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. This on its own will be held up as a really really great science fiction trilogy mm-hmm. that's more than just throwaway action. It has heart and and it and it it has great characters who all experience really really great character arcs mm-hmm. and has Kurt Russell. um i don't know i I think that we have several trilogies in the uh mcu we have the captain america trilogy we have the iron man trilogy Mm -hmm. uh what other trilogy there's ant-man trilogy Mm -hmm. um i love the ant-man trilogy but i think quantum mania was quantum mania is a bit of a it's just kind of messy and it was I enjoyed it. No, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I, I'm definitely gonna watch it again. Mm-hmm. It's not as it's different than the first two, though. Mm-hmm. It's it's like you have the first two and that are like they're a little more smaller and personal, and then mm-hmm. you like go do the big huge thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's just different. Um, I almost liked it better when it was smaller. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. Um what other oh thank you, Michelle, and uh thanks for, for dropping in. Um, but I, as far as the trilogies go, it's really, okay. So it's really, really hard to beat the Captain America trilogy. Right. But it's almost not fair. Yeah. Um, the first movie is a good character introduction. I think that's probably still my favorite Marvel movie is the first Captain America movie. Um, really? I mean, I'm winter soldier is about as far and away my favorite, uh, movie. Uh, I, I still think Winter Soldier, top to bottom, is the best movie in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Now that first Captain America movie has a lot of heart. It's a it's a really good story. What I love about the first Captain America movie was they did the opposite of what DC did with Superman. Where DC looked at Superman, said we've got to kind of modernize Superman, make him a little grittier. Um, 
Well, thank thank you for uh, thank you for taking a, a second to drop in, and uh, I appreciate it. Um, but it was it was dark, you know. The DC looked at Superman and said, "Let's make him more modern and a little darker. Give him an edge." Where Marvel looked at, and they they actually like used the line at some point. It's like maybe what we need right now. And they used it in the second movie, I think, in Winter Soldier. Maybe what we need right now is a little old fashioned. And they went for it. They said, let's just do 1940s Captain America. Let's just do it. Yep. Straight up. Punch Hitler in the face. Yeah. And it's and it, and it worked. The second movie is it's a it's just a great movie. The Winter Soldier is phenomenal. Yeah. But it's almost not fair to call his third movie no, it's the third act of a trilogy movie. or third part of a trilogy because it's just a it's a it's a secret Avengers movie, right? It's just yeah, hundred. I still I don't think of it as a Captain America movie. I think of it as the one hundred percent. Um. So because of that, I, I do think those three movies are overall better than Guardians. Mm-hmm. But Guardians is a pure trilogy with a yeah. with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, full art. I think and it's great the best, closure. I think it's the best by itself. Like yes. unconnected to anything else that comes. One hundred percent. So I actually I ran a poll on Twitter a few weeks ago, and of course Captain America won it, and mm-hmm. and there is a reason for that. Um, but in my opinion, this is the best trilogy in the MCU. That's fair. Um, you know, there's, I I know I got a little bit of flag. I don't remember who it was for not including Thor, and Thor's. Yeah. Thor, you could say it's a quadrilogy now, but actually that's not the way I see Thor. I see I see Thor as two two groups of two. Two groups of two. The first two movies are yeah. decidedly different than the second two. Yes, absolutely. I get that. I, I mean, I, I I'm not going to argue with anybody that says the first one is their favorite of the lot because it's a very good movie. Um, I just I like the. I like what they went for in that second one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. What else we got to talk about before we get out of here? Um, any other things? Because I mean, we really need to wrap in like the next three or four minutes here if we're going to go to dinner. So, um, I'm very happy with where these characters end up. I don't know if we will ever see um, the Guardians again. The new, the new guardians. The, the, I think we'll see some of them show up in other things. I mean, uh, we'll certainly see um, Adam Warlock. I, that's another thing. I actually, I know some people are a little upset that oh, well, they put Adam Warlock in this movie and then didn't do anything with him. But I actually kind of glad they didn't do a lot with him. Mm-hmm. because, and, and I heard James Gunn talking about this. He said, you know, we teased this way back in the first movie and then showed the, um... no, Guardians is just three movies, right? Mm-hmm. This is yeah. volume three. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, we, te- we teased it a hundred years we ago. We teased it. So they followed through and did it, introduced yeah. the character because just, Chekhov's gun. You 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 have to. You can't right. end this and not give us this character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that they gave us Adam Warlock, but that James Gunn was willing to say finishing my character stories that I've been on this journey with is more important than letting Adam Warlock 
overshadow it. Yeah, that's a good um, point. And I and I think that, um, and I'd be curious to know what y'all didn't like about Adam Warlock. I actually think that they went the smart route. Like he, he's, he's childlike. Yeah. Um, which is correct. They did the right thing there. If he had stayed in his pod long enough to fully mm-hmm. mature, then he can never he'll he'll he could never become a hero. Yeah. But this version of Adam Warlock, we have a moment where he kills something mm-hmm. and he or something happens and he says, I don't like the way that makes me feel. Yeah. And he's learning like a child. Right. And and now he's not with the people who would have corrupted him anymore. Right. And so we have to see him grow into the hero. He's not right now, he's basically a child a child with the power of a god almost yeah um and so i really didn't have any any problems with the way they portrayed him mostly because i'm very happy like i said that they didn't let him it didn't become his movie yeah that we really stayed with our core characters and we let quill and rocket have their big moments yeah I think that that's, um, I think that that's, I think it's important. I mean, it'll be interesting to see where it goes um, from here. This is a, this is a really valid point. Like this is the struggle right now, right? Mm -hmm. Like we killed off, now granted we, we killed off in the MCU, Iron Man is certainly an A-lister, but in the scope of comic books, he's a C-lister. Yeah. Like, and and when you look at at comics pre MCU, Mm -hmm. there are way bigger Marvel characters. Mm -hmm. Like, I think this is the advantage Marvel has right now, is that they're just taking too long to execute this. But we've we haven't touched the X Men yet. We've got some huge A list characters to go. But honestly, the question that you're asking if DC had the same run and killed off Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman, you're killing off your big four, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where you go. I mean, you, you have a ton of characters. Mm-hmm. You have a ton of really good characters in DC. I'm not as versed in DC, but like, I just can't imagine a DC universe where Superman or Batman aren't there. Like, that's really hard for me to envision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, envisioning a, a an MCU with, or you know, an MCU where Tony Stark is dead, is a totally different question than is Superman dead to me. Like, oh yeah, yeah, um, I think so because Superman and Batman are DC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost the problem that Disney had, that Marvel had when they couldn't use Spider Man. Yeah, like Marvel without Spider Man, what is this? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited to see where things are going, but we do have to wrap up and get to my um, birthday dinner. Oh, um, Isaac, thank you very much. If you're still in here, thank you very much for the uh, happy birthday wish. And um, the 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 Streamlabs it's being the, the Streamlabs bot can just shove it if it doesn't want people to tell me happy birthday in all caps. Oh, I yeah. appreciate it. Let's see somebody else. Can what you have to go to? I missed it there. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Happy birthday. All the happy birthdays. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the happy birthday. 
I uh, appreciate everybody that has dropped in and yeah. uh, we're going to bounce out of here and go to my birthday dinner uh, before everything around here starts closing up for the night. Right. Um, but uh, thank you so much to everybody that dropped into the chat tonight. We actually had a really uh, good crowd, bigger crowd yeah. than I expected, especially given that um, there was no promotion for this. We just decided to do it. It's true. We knew we wanted to do it at some point today. This is literally the only thing Andrew wanted to do on his birthday was live stream. So here we are because who's a sweet boy? I have to point at you while I'm looking at you because otherwise I could yeah. end up pointing <laughs> at the window over there. Very confusing. Yeah. She's um, not a mirror. No, Isaac, don't worry about the caps. Uh, Streamlabs is just being rude about the caps. I, I'm going to have to go adjust that though because that's not long enough of a thing for it to get upset with somebody about using all caps. So I'm going to yeah. have to figure out how to adjust that. I just, I have it set where I didn't want somebody posting a wall of text mm -hmm. that was all caps. Uh, it shouldn't be doing that to somebody posting two words. Yeah. But I'm still learning the uh, the system over here. Um, but thanks for everybody checking, uh, for, for dropping in, checking this out. Uh, we will probably talk more about uh, this movie because I think there are some really good themes that I want to get into deeper. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, maybe David's computer is working again. Maybe we'll, we'll get on. Maybe sounds like a plan. But um, yeah, thanks for hanging out. We yeah. will be back later. Later this week. Later this week, it's we'll only do Monday, right? It's only Monday, okay. so we'll we'll be back. We'll probably be back for a uh, course on radio underground live stream later this week. Actually, I think we've got some mm -hmm. stuff planned we need to talk about over there. So uh, that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you again for everybody that dropped in and that wished me a happy birthday. Everybody have a good night. Until next time, may the force be with you. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5.